0: life uh, and perspective uh, on life as a Christian was radically changed, uh, one by an experience and another by a passage of scripture that I'll read in just a moment from Romans chapter 15. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. I want to speak very briefly. The experience was Charlotte and I going with another couple overseas to six countries in 14 days. Uh, It was a life-changing experience it was also a painful experience in a number of ways first uh, in LA carrying two big bags up a flight of about 50 stairs I ruptured a disc in my neck and so I would spend the next two weeks with a butcher knife in the back of my neck uh, don't let anybody ever tell you you can't take uh, more than two ibuprofen at the same time I was popping eight at a time and uh, I'm here You uh, so did it help didn't feel like it, so I assumed that it was that messed up, and I actually had surgery when I got back. But it was more painful spiritually because as we went there to uh, see people in uh, Tibet, uh, in India, Nepal, Thailand, uh, Burma, Myanmar, Bangladesh, uh, India, I was overwhelmed. And just the massive lostness of the world. I mean, I knew the world was lost. And I'd been on mission trips before, but just to see how lost uh, it really is was was pretty overwhelming. And uh, I've not been the same since. Uh, I saw things that I think about all the time, had experiences that the Lord brings back again and again and again. and And I'm grateful for it because it's helped shape my life and, Also, coming along with these wonderful colleagues here, shape how we approach theological education at Southeastern. Uh, The other experience was a truth that I found in Romans chapter 15, where the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Rome, in fact, just a couple of years ago, uh, our friend David Platt said that actually, Romans is an extended missionary fundraising letter. And there's some real truth to that. Because in many ways, Paul is building to what he says in chapter 15 where he expresses to the Romans his uh, regret that he has not been able to come and see them yet. Uh, And then he explains why he had not been able to be there. And then he explains why he wants to come to Rome. And here's what he says, um, and I'll start with verse 18. For I will not venture to speak of anything... Except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the nations, uh, Gentiles is a bad translation there for us today, the nations to obedience. It is the word ethne, Uh, by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, and he cites of all things Isaiah fifty-two fifteen, that passage that you find in the suffering servant of the Lord, that really begins in chapter 52, verse 13, and then runs all the way through that magnificent uh Isaiah 53, those who have never been told of him will see. And those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now here's the verse. Now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to see you, I hope to see you in passing. As I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you, once I've enjoyed your company for a while. Go back to verse 23, but now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions. What did Paul mean by that? Paul, are you telling us that every person who needs to hear the gospel in those other places have heard the gospel? I'm not saying that. Are you saying that enough churches have been planted in those regions? No, I'm not saying that. Well, then Paul, what are you saying? And Paul was saying basically this. There's at least now a gospel presence there. But there's not a gospel presence everywhere. And it is to the everywheres that I am compelled to pray and to go there are places in this world today that we could take a trip be dropped in by parachute or helicopter and we could start walking and we would walk days weeks months we would never see a church we'd never meet a christian There are places in North America today where there are people who are growing up and living life and they seldom, if ever, hear the name of Jesus. They've never heard the gospel. They've never even been given a Bible. Put things in perspective. 4,000 plus Southern Baptist churches in North Carolina alone You go to greater New York City, there are almost 20 million people, more than twice the population of North Carolina, and there are not 300 Southern Baptist churches, and there are not 500 to 700 evangelical churches. And I just have to think that God cares as much for those folks there and around the world as He does for folks down here where most of us have come from. And so one of the reasons we say that Southeastern is a dangerous place to attend is because we're going to challenge you to pray the prayer, not, Lord, why should I go? But, Lord, why should I stay? And I've said to many of you, unless God just absolutely knocks you down with an absolute confidence that this is what He wants you to do, I don't want you to go back and serve near your mom and dad. I don't want you to go back to be near family. I want you to go like I believe God wants us to go, to those places where the name of Jesus has yet to be named. For some of us, <clears throat> that may mean a short-term trip. It may be, be mean being there for, for several years. And for some of us, it may be like Bertha Smith and, and Lottie Moon and... William Carey and the Judsons, where you go and spend your life, and you're actually buried there among the nations. John John Falconer said, I only have one candle of life to burn, and I would rather burn it out in a land filled with darkness than in a land flooded with light and so I'll be very honest with you that is very much the prayers that go up here from this place uh, among this faculty and staff my prayer is that God indeed will take your one candle of life and allow you to go to a land filled with darkness and by the time you're finished it will then be a land flooded with light now you don't have to wait until you graduate to go. As you've heard this morning, you can be going right now. The fact of the matter is all of us should be going right now. Certainly across the street to share the Gospel with our neighbors. But one of the amazing things that God has done is that God has brought the nations to us. There are literally thousands of internationals that are in the Triangle area at Duke, at UNC, at NC State, up the road to East Carolina, and all around with some of the other schools as well. There are golden opportunities right now to go to the nations that God has brought right here. And so if you take the handout or the program that you were given this morning and look on the back side, You'll see there that there are a number of opportunities that we want to just put before you right now and another number of avenues. If you're here and you say, Well, I came this morning because I want to be involved, but I just don't know how. Well, at the end of this chapel, you'll know. You've heard already Great Commission Center right here to my left, your right, Jackman Simpson or there's a wonderful team over there that would love to talk with you and help you get plugged in in exactly the right place that God wants you to be. But of course, let's begin where we need to begin, the local church. All of you need to be involved while you're here, vibrantly and intentionally in a local church. So find that local church. Um, Find one that's mission-minded. If it's not, then don't join there unless God says, well, I'm going to send you in there to be an agent of change. All right, then you're going to get to do the hard work of that, but get involved in a church where you can be on mission right now. You'll also see that you can register for various opportunities. As I mentioned a moment ago, there's a particular event, August the 28th. On Thursday, we'll be talking about a, an event in uh, we're calling Reach Raleigh that we'll be partnering with and working with others in this endeavor. And again, we have mission trips that are planned. We have one in the fall going to the Sudan. Uh, next spring, I'm going to the Sudan. Uh, if you want to go with me, uh, let us know. We'll work it out. I'm going over there probably to spend time in the refugee camps. Uh, working with missionaries that are in different tribes trying to help them navigate what it means to come together as the family of God when their tribes for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years have hated one another's guts and take great delight in massacring one another, we now know there's only one hope to break down that barrier and it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. And therefore, I'll be there. we would be glad for you to go. Those are just two of many. Those are more expensive, but the local ones that we take, you know, here in the U.S. and then many times just south of the border, much less expensive. There's a way to go if you want to go. And so all of those are opportunities for you. But what I want to do is this. I'm going to pray. And then Daniel and the team are going to come and lead us in a time of worship as we close out. But I want to pray for each one of us, including myself. Lord, there's no doubt in my mind you've called me to go. Just show me where. Just show me where. Father, I thank you so much that the greatest missionary who ever lived was your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came a whole lot further than any of us will ever go when he left heaven and came into this world and basically walked about as a street person, a poor man who spent his life on behalf of sinners like us. And we praise your name that the one son you had, you made him a missionary. And so, Lord, when we follow after the crucified Galilean, it involves us also being and going on mission. And Lord, just as You had a specific plan mapped out for Your Son, You have a specific plan mapped out for each one of us as well. And Lord, I want to pray right now for me and for all of these, my precious brothers and sisters, that we would seek that plan, we would find it, and then we would be obedient to go. I believe for all of us, there's a call to be a faithful missionary. And for some of us, yes, it means for a more brief period of time. But for others, it means for a lifetime in the context of international Our North American missions. Lord, I I pray that You'll raise up more and more and more in those categories. Your Word says the fields are white unto harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest that He will send forth laborers. So, Lord, we're praying, send forth Your workers from this student body and from this seminary and college. Lord, You're going to bring the nations to Yourself. You promised us that around the throne in heaven... They will be praising the Lamb from every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. Lord, we want to be a part of what you're doing. So show us the way. Give us the faith to follow obediently in your will. And then may we rejoice that we had a small part in being a part of what our great God was doing to bring the nations to the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in His name that we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this chapel message from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. If you are thinking about theological education on the undergraduate or graduate level, including doctoral studies, we hope that you consider us. If you also find these chapel messages encouraging and a blessing to your walk with Christ, we hope that you will consider financially supporting Southeastern. Thank you for joining us in our chapel services.